0: presenting this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. We're talking to experts in the field about sports and exercise-related injuries and the latest advances in diagnosis, treatment, and prevention to help your patients stay active. In the last decade, there's been an explosion of the number of children participating in sports and along with it, the undesired consequence of sports-related injuries. You're listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a ReachMD Clinicians Roundtable special segment focused on sports medicine. I am your host, Dr. Sherwin Ho from the University of Chicago, and joining me today is Dr. Nicola Mafuli, Professor and Chair of Trauma and Orthopedic Surgery at the Keele University School of Medicine in Staffordshire, England. Dr. Mafuli is one of the most preeminent sports medicine and orthopedic consultants in the UK. He's had more than 250 articles published in peer-reviewed journals on various aspects of trauma and orthopedic surgery, sports medicine, and sports trauma. Recently, in the British Medical Bulletin, he's published an article looking at sports injuries in children, doing a literature review. Dr. Mafuli, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be there. Thank you very much for inviting me. Tell me a little bit about the genesis or what brought you to uh, put together this article, Sports Injuries in Children.
1: Well, it dates back more than twenty years ago. Um, at that time, I was appointed a lecturer in uh, sports medicine and a registrar in orthopedics at uh, the Hospital for Sick Children in London, and um, I managed to get funding for a long-term study of the effects of intensive training in young athletes. That was called the Toya Study, the Training of Young Athletes Study, and. Uh, it, it followed up uh, 453 children uh, taking part in gymnastics, football, uh, which is European football, soccer, um, swimming, and tennis. And at that stage, uh, I thought that I would have become one of the world experts in sports injuries in children. Indeed, this has not quite been the case in those athletes because these children were very much at the top of the sport. And paradoxically, they did not injure themselves terribly much. Uh, the ones who got injured instead were the ones who were sort of uh, 5, 6, seven and so on in their rankings, probably because they were not quite as gifted as they would have liked to be, and therefore they were doing uh, probably a bit too much for too long. Since then, I have matured a, a great interest in sports injuries in children and in growth and development uh, issues that accompanied them. And uh, every so often, uh, getting together with my fellows, we decided that uh, um, well, we should have looked at what was happening in the uh, on the published uh, evidence. And uh, this is the uh, the reason why we decided to write these articles together with uh, Doctor Shanmugan, who spent one year with me as a as a fellow.
0: So this was really a overall literature review, some twenty years after your original study, um, kind of a survey. Uh, across the globe of of children injuries in sports medicine.
1: Indeed, it was. The it is uh, obviously it is impossible to perform a comprehensive review of the literature, but we think that we identified the most relevant papers, and uh, we have identified above all the the trends that are uh, present occurring in this uh, in this field.
0: Okay, just to start off with, when we talk about children, uh, what ages are we talking about? I know you make a distinction between. Young children, older children, and then teenagers or adolescent children. You're talking, for the young children, you're talking about children between the ages of two and six?
1: Yes, I would say that. So the trend now in the UK is for children to engage in pre competitive sport at a very early age. And so we have children that at three or four are already taking part in gymnastics, and they have been taught routines that uh, were unthinkable only 15 years ago.
0: Yes. Uh, Another interesting fact is you said in the UK, 79% of children aged between 5 and 15 take part in organized sports. Correct. And 11% of those are involved in intensive training. Mm -hmm. So for our primary care audience, they're likely to run into a number of these sports injuries
1: in their patient population. Indeed, again, uh, there is probably a misconception that in order to be successful at senior sports, you have to start early. And therefore, children that are barely able to walk, essentially, are now subjected to more and more intensive training. So by the time that they reach age 10, 12, 13, um, they undergo an intensive training regime which... uh, only two decades ago would have made them part of an Olympic team, what they're about. It is not uncommon to see a young gymnasts to train 25 hours a week. And this has implications, not just for injuries, but also for the psychological maturation of, of that individual. If one spends all time training and in a gym, for example, one would not be able to learn how to interact with their peers, and they would not develop social skills, for example.
0: So this is a a somewhat alarming trend, but probably one that is not going away in the near future. No. I think it's going in the opposite
1: direction. Indeed it is. One of the big problems is that children and their parents, above all, want to be successful. And especially in professional sports, uh, children age 16, for example, can get sponsorship, can travel around the world, and uh, earn a fair amount of money. And so there is a financial incentive for everything that they do. This is obviously can be interpreted as a good thing or a bad thing, depending on from which end you are looking at things. But it is there to stay, as you say.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what you found in this study. You said there were some interesting trends that you saw. That was one of them, that we see injuries and overtraining in younger and younger populations. Mm What, what are some of the other sports-specific trends that you see? You were just talking about gymnastics.
1: Well, one of the worrying things in gymnastics is growth arrest in the distal radial epithesis at the wrist and in the distal tibial epithesis around the ankle. If you consider just a gymnast, when they are trying, for example, floor routines, they will be doing tumblings with 150 moves in one single afternoon. So enormous stresses are posed on those parts of the body due to the fact that they jump, they change direction, and so on. So it's compressive stresses and shearing stresses to the open growth plates. And there is now some good evidence produced in the States, for example, by Dennis Kane and uh, on this side of the pond by people like John Aldridge that uh, um, this does result in arrest of, of longitudinal growth it's not just that, but it's also the fact that shearing stresses also act on the joints and we have seen, for example, in gymnasts again, problems with osteochondritis the of, the, uh, of the elbow, which uh, are not just career ending, uh, but have great implications for the future because if somebody develops arthritis of the elbow at age 25, it means that um, there's remarkably little that you can do from a medical viewpoint.
0: So the take-home message for the uh, physician who sees a young gymnast with wrist or elbow pain might be always get an x-ray at the least if if they because of these very serious injuries that can occur and oftentimes without one specific in- injury event but simply through overuse. Is that
1: correct? Correct. The, an x-ray may not be enough in these cases. Ah, yes. Simply because unless you are... A, a, a trained observer, the only thing that you would find is very subtle change at the growth plate level with just at times some widening of the growth plate. And in this case, I think that is warranted to have an MRI scan, which shows um, essentially bony edema around in that area with metaphysial accumulation of fluid, which would point you in the right direction. So high- in the States, you would not have... Any problems in getting an MRI? In the UK, it's a bit different. It is said that that there are more MRI scanners in the Bay Area in San Francisco than in the whole of
0: the UK. That's true in Chicago. You can walk around the corner uh, at a storefront and get an MRI. It's just about. (laughs) So (laughs) if you got the money, they got the scanner. (laughs) Uh, So a high index of suspicion is point A. Don't wait to get that MRI if you have that competitive gymnast with wrist or elbow pain that won't go away to make the diagnosis. And then once they've made the diagnosis, how should they manage the growth? Or or They see abnormalities at the uh, growth plate in in a gymnast. What's your treatment recommendations?
1: I do not think that this patient should be managed by a primary care physician any longer and they should come in the hands of an orthopedic surgeon. Not in much as we can do in terms of immediate correction, but it would be only to ride to limit the activities of that young patient. By and large, if they are taken early, there will be catch-up growth, but the career of that young gymnast may be ended. There is a small price to pay, in my opinion, for the otherwise crippling results that continue to train will produce.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment, focused on Sports Medicine, on Reach MD, XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Sherwin Ho, and I am speaking with Dr. Nicola Mafuli, and we are discussing sports injuries in children. Let's move on to uh, another common injury. Be- you talked about uh, the uh, wrist and elbow what about back injuries in the young athlete, gymnasts and other sports?
1: Well, we found back injuries in gymnasts, obviously, but also in soccer players, especially in, goalies, in goalkeepers. And the continuous hyperextension that is necessary when you jump about, uh, you know, for example, in the, in the goal area, uh, in order to get to the ball, which produces enormous stresses in, on a spine, which is still growing. Therefore, spondylolysis and spondylolysthesis are not uncommon.
0: Uh, for those in our audience who might not understand uh, or fam- are familiar with those terms, can you explain sp- the
1: difference between
0: spondylolysis and spondylolisthesis?
1: Spondylolysis is just uh, essentially a stress fracture of the parts and interarticularis of a vertebra. Spondylolisthesis, spondylolysthesis, instead, vertebra moves forward and this fracture sort of opens up. It can be accompanied by pain, but above all by neurological signs, with neuralgic type of pain and loss of sensitivity and of motor function in the lower limbs.
0: Well, if it gets to that point, uh, obviously you've got a serious problem. But but most of us will see the young athlete with uh, low back pain, and and for those who don't take care of a lot of children, the first thought is a disc injury or a back strain, but but really what you're saying in the young growing athlete or skeletally immature athlete, you really need to think about the stress fractures being the more common injury.
1: Paradoxically, in younger patients, the soft tissues are more resistant than uh, than bone. So if you have an overdose injury, always think about bone, not just about soft tissue, soft tissue injuries. I would like to thank
0: Dr. Mifuli for being our guest. We've been discussing sports injuries in children. I am Dr. Sherwin Ho. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Sports Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com.